If you're just joining us this morning, the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip, has died peacefully overnight, just two months shy of his 100th birthday. He lived a unique life, attending tens of thousands of events in his official capacity and in support of the Queen. COVID-19 restrictions mean the Prince will be farewelled with a smaller funeral service than would be normal or standard in other times. But royal expert Robert Hartman is the author of The Queen of the World and a Daily Mail royal contributor. He is with us this morning. Kia ora, good morning. Good morning, Jack. Can you just talk us through the last few hours, the, the news being shared and the reaction? Well, uh, this didn't come uh, as uh, a huge surprise, given that the Duke of Edinburgh has been uh, quite ill for some time. But nonetheless, there's still a genuine sense of loss and and almost of shock, because it just, for Britain, certainly, and I think for a large part of the world, it's very strange to think that uh, this figure who's just been there through all our lives suddenly isn't there anymore. And of course, our thoughts immediately turn to the Queen and what she must be feeling. Mm. He has had his share of health issues in recent years, but but like you say, um, in the eyes of of all Britons and of, of most members of the Commonwealth and anyone who pays close attention to the to to the royal family, Prince Philip has been an an omnipresent present. Yeah, I mean, she herself talked about him as her strength and stay and said that, you know, we, we all have a debt greater than we will ever know. And I think people are just gradually starting to look at the broader legacy of a man who not just started the Duke of Edinburgh's award scheme, which has been embraced by millions of people in over 120 countries. He wasn't just a founder member of the conservation movement, really, in, in, in starting the World Wildlife Fund in 1961. It led on to uh, all the uh, green uh, organizations that, that we have today, you know, who, who didn't just um, champion um, sport in, in all its forms, but really everything that the Queen has achieved, everything that, that has kept the monarchy in this in, 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 in the, the, the way it is and brought it up into the 21st century it, it really does go back to this this man who never sought any recognition it was frankly um, I have no doubt is, is actually chuckling that his um, his funeral is going to have to be held behind closed doors and that there can be no great pomp and ceremony because of the pandemic he, he always hated a fuss he never wanted you know if anyone ever suggested uh, a set of commemorative stamps to mark one of his birthdays they, they get pretty short shrift he didn't like the focus of attention being on him. Um, and yet, right now, I think all all of us in, in, in Britain, in the, in the Commonwealth, I'm sure in New Zealand as well, are, are just reflecting on uh, this, this figure who, who, who was just there. You think of any of the great royal moments, the happy or sad, the anniversaries, the jubilees, weddings, funerals, mm. wherever the Queen was, wherever she was leading her nation and her people, um, there he was at her side. Wherever she went, he went. And, and just talk to us a little bit more about that relationship, because together at the Queen's side, both Prince Philip and, and the Queen have been been a, um, a picture of relative stability through an extraordinary period of change. Yes. I mean, it is remarkable to think that when they got married, it was only two years after the end of the Second World War. Uh, rationing was still in place in Britain. Most of 
London was a bomb site, uh, and and even when the Queen came to the throne, uh, it was still a, a, a sort of pre-TV era, a monocultural society, um, and uh, there were only eight countries in the Commonwealth. Um, if you if, if one looks at it like that, and uh, you know the Korean War was still raging, and and these two have just been this formidable uh, double act uh, through the jet age, through the this age on into the digital age, you know, I mean, which mm. by whatever um, measure you, you look at it, um, 73 years of marriage, is, it, it makes one of the, the, the longest married couples in, in Britain, quite apart from being the longest married couple in royal history. And, you know, the Queen is still the longest lived monarch we've ever had. And uh, up until today, uh, the Duke was the longest serving consul we've ever had. Mm. Is there any way to tell how many hands he would have shaken over the years? <laughs> Gee, that's a very good question. I did try and work it out 10 years ago when I was writing a book for the Diamond Jubilee. And uh, I, I came to the rough conclusion it was somewhere between four and five million handshakes. Um, oh. But uh, that was that was only working on the basis that at mm. each event, I think there were, there were 50 people in the room, but obviously often there were many more. I mean, the Queen is the most, most travel monarch in history, but Often, when she couldn't go somewhere, she would send the Duke in her place. So, for example, 1956, the Melbourne Olympics, she had a young family. She had a, you know, she she found it to, to just thought she couldn't uh, go away. Then this was before uh, it was easy just to fly around the world. So she sent the Duke to go mm. and uh, open the Melbourne Olympics. And and after that, he then travelled all over the South Atlantic. I mean, he's the only member of the royal family to visit Pitcairn Island, for example. Um, you know, there's there's uh, uh, for, for some time, there, there were there were in, in, a, in, a, in a corner of the Vanuatu archipelago, as some of your listeners may be aware, there were even um, uh, a small group of people who actually worshipped him as a god. Um, you know, he, he's he's just been this this you know, the first member of the royal family to mm. to go to the South Pole, um, and also the first one to go behind the Iron Curtain. So, mm. uh, you know, he was a great innovator, a great pioneer. Um, he loved ideas. He loved. Uh, he, he was not one for complacency, and and it seems odd in a in an institution that is so often seen as very traditional, very hidebound, that only does things by the book. Here was this figure who who tore up the book time mm. and again because he could see that it was time to move on, time to change, and he more than anyone realised that an ancient institution has got to move with the times or it gets left behind. Mm. It has been a tumultuous period for for the royal family. How is Prince Philip's death uh, likely to affect the family in the in the months and years to come? Well, his his loss will be felt more acutely uh, than I think any of us really understand. Because while yes, the Queen is head of state, head of the Commonwealth, you know, inherited the throne, uh, the head of the family, the private family, was always the Duke. That's how the Queen wanted it. She left those decisions about things like education and, and careers and so much of that that kind of thing that was that was down to the duke you know often if there was a difficult issue she would say to her family and indeed to her staff well you better go and talk it was very much in public he might walk two paces behind but he had this immense authority he was a very kind man a very sensitive man that he's often seen as this rather brisk um straight talking uh, no-nonsense uh, old sea dog um, who, who could be pretty sharp with his tongue, and indeed he could be. I mean, I, I've been on the receiving end of it myself now. And then. He wasn't a huge fan of the press, 
uh, all the time. Um, but, you know, in private, he, he had a very uh, sensitive understanding of what it was like to come into this extraordinary institution because he himself had been an outsider. Uh, he knew what the pressures were like, and he'd come up against the establishment in those early days when mm. they wouldn't let him see any state papers. They wouldn't let him into meetings. They frowned on his bright ideas. Uh, he was uh, he was a, a, a very much someone who had to carve his own way. He's been likened a lot to Prince Albert. Um, and there are many similarities, but you know, Prince Albert uh, was taken from his queen at a very young age, whereas uh, these two have broken almost every record in the book. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Robert.